Good morning, and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Austin. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We're also dedicated to being in right relationship with one another, with ourselves and with the planet. And we love hearing children's voices in the worship service. This is so wonderful to be together again. I just am making my heart so glad. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And so we greet the divine in our midst by turning to the people to our right and left. And if we are watching on the live stream and welcome to those who are watching on the live stream, we greet one another in the comments if we have comments on the platform in which we are watching. So... Please turn to one another and greet one another in the name of the divine. Join me as we light our chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship comes from Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, a Matiza Latina poet, psychoanalyst, and post-trauma specialist. Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the parts of the world that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts or by whom will cause the critical mass to tip toward enduring good. This congregation wrote a mission statement for itself that tells us what we're doing here. We revisited every seven years, so this one was revisited about three years ago, and um, we say it together every Sunday. Let us say it all at once. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. After we say our affirmation of our mission, um, we have a moment for beloved community where we lift the veil on some kind of uh, white supremacy nonsense or some kind of uh, history that we might not know. Um, whether we are people or, of color or people who identify as white, the white supremacy culture is deep in our DNA and in our bones. And so we need to uh, begin to notice where it is. So in the last three weeks, I've been talking about the eighth principle, which is a um, our Unitary Universalist Association has seven principles, and we're considering an eighth. And here's what it is. I'm going to talk about it a little bit because we're going to vote on this in May at our congregational meeting, vote on accepting it. So it says, we agree to affirm and promote journeying toward spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. So the phrase I'm going to talk about today is the most confusing one to me. Um, 
that we build a multicultural beloved community, that's what we talked about last time, by our actions that accountably dismantle racism. Okay. <sighs> well, it's just funny because it's so huge. And what does accountably mean? And I've been studying what accountably means because I was going to talk to you all about it today. And so there are a wide range of opinions about what it means. You'll be surprised to hear. And <laughs> some people say it means we're accountable to our values. And other people say it means we're accountable to the people of color in our communities uh, among us. And so those of us who are people of color, it seems to me that that gives us uh, too much uh, responsibility toward uh, collecting all the white people. And, um, or that we're accountable to our children or the people of color in the communities around the church. So um, I think that, that when we are called to be accountable by our actions that dismantle racism, um, talk about that next week, that we're accountable to our best selves we are accountable to the people of color among us. If, if someone tells you that something racist happened to them, here's what we don't do. We, who identify as white, don't explain to them why it probably wasn't really racist. You know, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean it like that. You know, you don't. You, you just receive and you believe. And you understand that a person who identifies as white has a very different lived experience in our culture from a person who does not identify as white, a person who identifies as a person of color, especially people that you can tell are people of color by just by looking, which you can't always. So, okay, so accountable to our own values, our best selves, and the people of color among us, not just at church, but in the community, and accountable to our children. I like to pretend sometimes that I'm a citizen or a visitor to Wakanda. And if you haven't seen the movie where Wakanda is, it's the Black Panther and it's amazing. But Wakanda is a culture where you, you look around and you see things through a different lens than you would in this culture that we live in. And I like to pretend that I'm there and see if it gives me any insights. I'm going to read you the story for all ages today. It's, uh, it's called A Little Piece by Barbara Curley. And the photos you'll be able to see up here, they're gorgeous. They're from the National Geographic. Oh, and I will be louder. Thank you. A Little Piece by Barbara Curley. All it takes is one hand One smile, a single voice, to give a wave, to say hello, and spread a little peace at the market, down the street, on a crowded bus, or a sandy beach. During worship, prayer, meditation, during study, play, 
celebration. Joining neighbors, making friends, from home to home and shore to shore. Share your smile, lend a hand, and spread a little peace. Our meditation reading is also by Dr. Pincola Estes. Of the most calming and powerful action you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, builds signal fires, causes proper matter to catch a fire. To display the lantern of soul in shadowy times like these, to be fierce and to show mercy toward other, both are acts of immense bravery and greatest necessity. Struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it. If you would help to calm the tumult, this is one of the strongest things you can do. Now is the time in our worship when we get quiet together, if we're in a place where we can get quiet. Some of you at home have children bouncing around. Um, We count our breaths, or we speak or listen to God as we understand God, or we listen to the wisdom that's within each one of us as we get quiet and move into what Ralph Waldo Emerson called the wise silence. Let us enter the wise silence together. As we continue in our mode of meditation, you're invited to light candles at the window either now or later on in the service at any time if you don't want to be crowded with other people. Um, candles of joy or sorrow, hope, remembrance, or dedication.
So there's this funny uh, little film on YouTube called The Man Who Ate a Car. And in it, this actor is dramatizing the story, and he says, um, he says, a car is just the sum of its parts, and a lot of the parts aren't that big, just a couple inches across. 75% of the parts of an automobile are a couple inches across and half an inch deep. That's the size of an Oreo cookie. And the ones that are too big, you just machine down, smooth out. And he's dramatizing a story that's actually true in 1970, 50 years ago, more than 50 years ago. Um, this strong man took a bet for $20,000 that he could eat an entire car. And it took him five years. And what he did was he just ground the, the whole car and all of its parts. He didn't drink any of the poisonous stuff. But he ate a whole little car. And um, ground it down, mixed it into his regular food. Um, and he won the money. Now, I'm talking about this because I'm talking today about our sixth principle, which is huge. Our sixth principle says that we affirm and promote the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Now, They'd already done five principles before this, and it made me think that they were getting tired. <laughs> and that they were just like, oh, what else? Just like, say, we just want everybody to be okay. <laughs> Everything. Peace, liberty, and justice for all. Because anybody, you know, we know it's big. As anybody who's run a household at all and hasn't lived by themselves and worked by themselves all their life know that peace and liberty are often at odds. And that justice and peace are often at odds. And if you try to make peace, liberty, and justice for everybody, you're just going to run yourself ragged. But it's a great goal. It's a worthy goal. It doesn't mean we shouldn't aspire. And right now, we're watching the news. And we're watching Russia roll over Ukraine. And we're watching the desperation and the courage of the Ukrainian people. And we see photographs of people at the train stations, and we see photographs of residential blocks of housing just knocked down to shreds. And there's not one of us that's not brokenhearted. You look around this whole room, and everybody is brokenhearted over this. And some people are really fraying at the edges because there's this terrible thing going on that we can watch every single day, all day, and can't do much about it. We can send money to the Red Cross. We can send money to UNICEF. We can send money, I guess, to lots of different organizations. Um, some people are booking Airbnbs in Ukraine, in Ukrainian cities. They're booking an Airbnb not to go there, but just so through Airbnb the host will get some money and be able to do some good in their community with it. Some people are cleverly figuring out things like that. People are boycotting Coke and Pepsi and McDonald's because they're refusing to stop doing business in Russia. So we can do a few little things. And the little things seem not big enough. And it doesn't help our broken hearts. But as 
Clarissa Pinkola Estes said, we reach out and do the thing that we can reach. And as the children's story said, one hand is all you need. One hand to wave or one hand to, to gesture or to reach out. It doesn't take much. And in not doing anything but little things, you can eventually eat a car if you wanted to. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Yuck. And those of us who are able-bodied enough can go demonstrate in the streets, and we can go and demonstrate on behalf of our trans children and their families who are under attack by our governor, and we can do the things that show support for the beloveds amongst us who are marginalized. It never feels like enough. And yet, if you remember how marriage equality happened, it never felt like it was going to happen. And people did little things and little things and bigger things and little things and bigger things and little things all cumulatively. Suddenly, it happened. And that's how social change happens. Little, tiny, cumulative efforts. Until suddenly the tide turns. Ralph Waldo Emerson, our forebear, said, A successful life was to leave the world a little bit better, whether by a child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know that even one life has breathed easier because you live. I know the stories of enough of the people in this room to know that many people are breathing easier because you all have lived. You all have done amazing things, little and big, in this community. And they've taken effort and they've taken commitment and they've taken money. And you have supported this congregation within the walls of this church and outside the walls of this church. You've supported this group of people with your time and your treasure and your talent. And that is big because people need this group. We all need all of us. Unitarians and Universalists have thrown their energies in with social change uh, movements from the very beginning. Unitarian Horace Mann organized the public school system. I'm not telling you this to make you feel inadequate. (laughs) I'm just saying. Universalist Clara Barton founded the Red Cross. Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes was led by his liberal faith to a much more inclusive interpretation of the law. Thomas Starr King, after whom one of our UU seminaries is named, was inspired to fight the California legislature for continued land rights of Mexicans. Jane Hull founded Hull House in Chicago and began to professionalize social workers, moving caring for the poor from religious institutions that often pressured them to convert to whatever religion it was, to non-religiously affiliated professionals. Roger Baldwin was led to establish the American Civil Liberties Union. May Sarton wrote poetry, inspiring her readers with truth and beauty. And Susan B. Anthony, who was Unitarian for a while and then Quaker, fought for the rights of women to vote. We claim her anyway. This is a generous and talented and wonderful congregation. 
And most of us are making the world a better place just by being loving family members, by raising our children and grandchildren with our values, by teaching values of tolerance and open-mindedness and curiosity and how to be in conflict in a curious and respectful way instead of a nasty way. Um, we, we teach the children in the church. We teach the children in our families. We teach one another, and we model these things on our good days when we're not under the influence of asphalt behind the wheel of a car. And do these actions bring world community with peace and liberty and justice for all? We don't know. We don't know. We hope that we let our soul light shine and that our soul light signals to other soul lights and that we can strengthen one another just by being authentic and being as kind as we can be, doing the things that we can do. But man, we are tired. And we've been through a pandemic for what feels like five years. And we're depressed. And yet, we still try to be kind and try to stand up for each other. And we still try to open our hearts to the suffering that we see on our TVs without shutting down. And many days I can believe that the cumulative effects of all of that goodness will win. Some days I'm just brokenhearted and sad. This principle is over large and it sits parked in our driveway like a big car that is demanding of us and calling to us to live the faith. This is a long-term activity, said the man who ate the car. Look, it took five years. I ate my first two lug nuts on December 30th, 1990. Finished the last piece of the clutch housing on February 14th, 1995. So we have a big calling, but here's the last thing I want to remind you of. We are not called to this huge, enormous work as individuals. We're not called as individuals. We're called as a community. You're on a team, my friends. Whether you've ever been on a sports team or not, you're on a team here. And it's okay to get tired and rest. And it's okay to get ill and fall back from the front lines. It's okay to let other people take over. But you have a big team with hundreds of thousands of Unitarian Universalists and others who are like-minded, all holding this same goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. You're not alone. Just hold the goal in mind. Look at the world through the windshield of that big car parked in your driveway. And machine those pieces down till they're about the size of an Oreo cookie. We'll get it done eventually, and if we don't, our children will, and if they don't, their children will. This is a long-term activity. Join me as we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. 
Join with me if you care to the words of Holly Near. I am willing and I am open for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us. So lift us up to the light of change. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.